Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And here at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, we are abundantly blessed with a very large number of young people. There are so many young couples and young single adults who are extremely faithful, more than willing to help and work in any way they can. We have an abundance of children and that of all ages who are faithfully brought to services by their parents and who seem to be enthusiastic when they come. All you have to do is stick around a little while after services to see the harmony and genuine appreciation for each other that characterizes this congregation of the Lord's people. And we look at all these young people and think there is the church of tomorrow and tomorrow sure looks great. But what about tomorrow? James wrote in James chapter 4 and verse 14, Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. We don't have any assurance of tomorrow. But you know what we do have? We have today. And we can help any of the tomorrows that we might have by using today to find out what happened yesterday. In Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, Solomon wrote, That which has been is that which will be, and that which has been done is that which will be done. So there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one might say, See, this is new? Already it has existed for ages which were before us. Now let me ask this question. Who knows about yesterday? Here at Northern Kentucky, we are equally blessed with an abundance of age. We have older members, elderly folks, who are such a resource if used. Older people can many times see where we are headed if we will but ask them. They can advise us so that we do not commit the errors of their generation. Let us keep them near. Let us hear them. We are sitting in the midst of a gold mine, and let us be sure that we do not overlook it. In this episode, I want to talk about the elderly about those who are older. The Bible has a great deal to say about age, both by way of command and by implication. The first great period of the Bible, the patriarchal period, was marked by great respect for the aged. The patriarchs themselves were father rulers, which would seem to indicate that age was a prerequisite to leadership. They many times had conclaves among the older men to decide matters of a civil nature. Time and time again, the word elders is used in the Old Testament to describe the body of men who ruled in the Hebrew society. For instance, in Exodus 3, verse 16, God told Moses, Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to me, saying, I am indeed concerned about you and what has been done to you in Egypt. In Exodus 24, and verse 1, we read of the 70 elders of Israel 
accompanying Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu in an act of worship. I think of Exodus 18, where Moses took the advice of his father-in-law, Jethro, in an obvious show of respect. And then in following that advice, he chose men of maturity to help judge in matters relating to the affairs of the children of Israel. In the New Testament times, age was a significant consideration for leadership. Elders were sometimes used to refer to Jewish members of the synagogue who were leaders of the people. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, where Paul admonished Timothy, Do not sharply rebuke an older man, but rather appeal to him as a father, to the younger men as brothers, the older women as mothers, the younger women as sisters, in all purity. Surely it is an indication of God's regard for age and wisdom that should accompany it in that he charges elders with the responsibility of overseeing the local congregation. In the list of qualifications for those who would be elders, we find such statements as not a new convert and he must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. The word elder itself implies a certain degree of age and experience. Every person who wants to live as God would have him or her live must show regard for the aged. If we are going to live according to scripture, we must learn that to overlook and pay little attention to the elderly is contrary to God's will. I believe that the elderly are owed respect and concern simply because they are elderly. And while it does not necessarily follow that because of their age, the elderly have more formal education than the younger, it does necessarily follow that they should have acquired more wisdom and therefore are deserving of the honor and respect such experience demands, even when they are no longer capable of expressing that wisdom. It has always been God's desire that we honor and respect our parents. Back at the giving of the Ten Commandments, God decreed in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, Honor your father and mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, Paul wrote, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, so that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. We owe our existence to our parents. They sacrificed for us, trained and loved us. They even loved us when we were not particularly lovable. They took care of us when we were not particularly deserving. They disciplined, encouraged, and loved us when we were rebellious and unkind. And when the going got rough, they did not shirk their responsibilities. When we failed, they were constant. When we acted without proper concern and respect for them that they deserved, they loved us still. How can we ever forget that? Toward the end of his life, my dad didn't know me all the time, and he lost control over some of his bodily functions, but I knew who he, who he was. My dad, who will always live in me, and to whom I owe so very, very much. Some in New Testament times were guilty of the same disregard for parents that characterize so many in our society today. In Mark chapter 7, verses 9 through 13, we find Jesus in discussion with certain of the scribes and the Pharisees. The passage says, He was also saying to them, You are experts at setting aside the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and he who speaks evil of his father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, If a man says to his father or his mother, 
Whatever I have that would help you is Corban, that is, given to God. You no longer permit him to do anything for his father or his mother, invalidating the word of God by your tradition which you have handed down, and you do many things such as that. The law of Moses clearly demanded respect and support from one's parents. But by their tradition, the Pharisees had circumvented this law. According to their tradition, an individual to declare a possession Corban, or given to God. Thus, a Jew could declare a part of his estate by which his parents could be cared for as a gift to God and be freed from his obligation to his parents. What of parents who are abandoned today or placed in homes and never visited? or whose deaths are eagerly awaited so that the inheritance can be gotten. They deserve respect and honor and to be treated as special. The scriptures teach respect for older men. In Leviticus chapter 19, verse 32, God said, You shall raise up before the gray-headed and honor the aged, and you shall revere your God, I am the Lord. In Proverbs 16:31, Solomon makes the point that one who is righteous in his old age deserves honor and respect with these words. A gray head is a crown of glory. It is found in the way of righteousness. Move over just a few chapters to chapter 20 and verse 29, where we find the glory of the young men is their strength, and the honor of old men is their gray hair. The obvious implication here is wisdom and experience that should accompany age. Truly, men who have lived many years are a valuable asset to us. If we will listen to them, we can profit greatly. I have heard the advice of a righteous older man compared to a stone that has been shined to a great luster by virtue of the abrasives of the years and the experiences that have had it polished it. Older women had so much to offer if they will offer it. If the younger women won't take your advice and aren't interested in godly counsel, that's their fault. If you refuse to give your advice, that is your fault. Look with me at Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, where the Bible tells us older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Young ladies, Look at what you have here at your disposal at Northern Kentucky with many godly older women. Can't you see the exchange of such a vast storehouse of knowledge, experience, patience, and judgment that is available? What young mother at some point has not experienced real anxiety over some set of circumstances that she hasn't experienced before? Ask one of the godly older women and listen to her answer. If you want to see dignity at its highest, observe the godly, aged woman. She is truly one of the crowning jewels of God's creation. She is firm but kind. She is loving but candid. She is honest but wise. She is harmless and would not think of getting on the phone or the computer and gossiping. But she is interested in all things that are good. There are very few pictures more beautiful than that of an aged sister silver hair shining and bright smile gleaming, who makes her way with effort and maybe a good deal of pain, perhaps leaning on a cane or a walker, into the meeting house with a heart full of love for all her brothers and sisters in Christ and confident of a home in eternity. 
Watch her as she takes her place for worship. Listen to her as she sings with a voice that maybe isn't as strong as it used to be, but is full of conviction. Watch her as she listens intently to the sermon and the announcements, listening for the name of someone who she might send a card to her encouragement. See the love in her eyes as she looks at the little babies and offers words of encouragement to the young mothers who may be struggling with the rambunctious child. What a treasure the righteous elderly truly are. But are there any responsibilities for the aged? Yes, there are. We just took some of the things that the aged women are to do, and they weren't suggestions. With all due respect, sometimes some who are older have a tendency to kind of withdraw to themselves, thinking that no one listens to them or cares about them anyway. I've known some who seem to get a little bitter, spending some time in self-pity and missing a wonderful opportunity to serve the Lord in a unique way. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, Solomon gives us a rather unusual but graphic illustration of the process of aging. Beginning with verse 1, he wrote, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, where you will say, I have no delight in them, before the sun and the light, the moon and the stars are darkened, and the clouds return after the rain. In the day that the watchmen of the house tremble, those are the hands. And the mighty men stoop, those are the legs. The grinding ones stand idle because they are few, that's the teeth. And those who look through windows grow dim, that has reference to the eyes. And the doors on the street are shut as the sound of the grinding mill is low. And one will arise at the sound of a bird. And all the daughters of song will sing softly. Furthermore, men are afraid of a high place and of terrors on the road. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags himself along, and the capperberry is ineffective. For man goes to his eternal home while mourners go about in the streets. Solomon writes of being easily frightened, and that even the smallest of burdens can make the task difficult. But did you notice something else? The passage says absolutely nothing about quitting the end. Picking up in verse 6, we read, Remember him before the silver cord is broken, and the golden bowl is crushed, the pitcher by the well is shattered, and the wheel at the cistern is crushed. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit will return to God who gave it. Is there difficulty associated with old age? Yes, indeed. Do body parts deteriorate? Yes, indeed. Are there problems? Yes. But quitting? No, sir. When a person is no longer bound by the hours of a secular job, the opportunities for service in the Lord's work just grow. There is the opportunity for more Bible study. I must tell you that some of the best Bible students I have known didn't really start their deep study of God's Word until they were a bit older in life. Retirement years can provide more time for visiting, for writing cards, for volunteering to do any kind of work that you could do at the congregation. If I may suggest some of the things that the older folks can do, offer yourself. It is possible that someone would like your help but are embarrassed to ask. Offer yourself. Teach someone. What a legacy you can leave that will multiply many times over. Make friends with those who are younger. Solomon taught in Proverbs 18.20, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. That is just another way of saying to have a friend, you must be a friend. 
Young People Hill will do and benefit greatly from that kind of relationship, and it will make you feel good. And finally, continue to put God first. The older we get, the closer we are to death. But even that has its advantages. Surely it can serve to motivate toward preparation. I have known so many who are truly ready and who, when the time came, laid their armor down in peace and with confidence. What a beautiful sight and testimony to what it means to be a child of God. We are so thankful to God for those among us who are aged. Thank you for listening.